Welcome back to the Small League Fantasy Football Podcast. This is episode two, titled Genesis 1 1. Our co producer, Brian Lewis, has, has, uh, t- has named this, this current episode Genesis because we really talk about the beginning, about how we started, and also how you can start your small league fantasy football. Uh, the thing, one of the themes I want to talk about, and you'll be hearing this over and over again, is that fantasy football can be as simple and easy as you want to be, or as complex and time consuming as you want it to be. So if you get into it, as you get more involved, you want to spend more and more time researching, playing, and that's great. But for if you're just getting started, we don't want this to be a barrier. We want to show you how you can easily jump in and start doing fantasy football and learn along the way without a huge time investment and a lot of stress. So the first thing we're going to talk oh, you might as well introduce ourselves. So who else is online today besides Brian, Brian Lewis? Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Brian Lewis. Um... I was last week's host, but now um, I just provide commentary this week. Roger, Eugene. Hey, hey everyone, it's Raj. I was here last week. I, I joined late, as, as you probably already heard. And quick comment on our, our, our title, you know, Genesis 1-1. Great title, has maybe some religious overtones. So those of you not into that, all I can say is uh, Genesis, the uh, premier rock band of the, uh, the 80s. We're going to do a lot of these. I'm going to do a lot of 80s references. Um, during the podcast and so you guys not in religion genesis rocks thank you for that yeah that was good eugene eugene also known as the yeah. genie of the group okay i my name is eugene i will go by genie <laughs> and to follow along with the genesis i love cars so genesis is a korean car that is a up-and-coming brand and i hope everyone gives it a chance when they look for their next car just to give him a little introduction. So, so one thing about Genesis, one thing about Genie Genesis is that he actually is a little bit the contrarian. And I think it's nice to have someone who can come out and give a different opinion, give an opposing opinion, disagree. And I know that he felt he was going to come in and be that guy, the one who kind of rocks the boat a little bit. So, Genie, we're expecting a lot from you. Let's okay. get into... Yeah, Genie definitely loves to come out, so... Uh... all right so how does fantasy football work fantasy football is in essence very simple you we we pick players we get points based on their performance every week and i have my team with my players total number of points i go against roger he has a set of points and the winner wins the game and that's essentially it we most fantasy formats are head to head where you play against another member, another owner. And then at the very end of the season, you have a record. The two teams with the best record face off in the Super Bowl, and the winner of the Super Bowl wins the championship. Anything you want to add to that, Roger? Hey, well, that's a great summary of fantasy football. Uh, all I can say is if those of you guys listening still haven't figured out how fantasy football works, you may be better off watching the Great British Bacon Show. <laughs> okay so another question is how do you start your league and it's actually incredibly simple i just a couple of days ago just just typed in i googled how to start your fantasy football league and it literally took me to two sites espn and yahoo and you just start clicking away 
you enter in a little bit of information like your email and it just starts out how many teams in your league and it's interesting it actually starts out with four six eight ten twelve and so on going up higher so it does recognize a four a four team league as the smallest of the fantasy football leagues and i know brian wants to and you would you like to interject our logo one more time about the smallest fantasy football league well small is better small is better absolutely um what's also That's not what my wife says <laughs> what's also interesting about this is it's actually always even numbers and that's the and the reason is because most fancy leagues are head-to-head so fancy football the, at least the sites we've been looking at haven't worked out leagues with odd numbers of teams and bye weeks which are obviously positive so it it's possible but you pretty much have to stay on with the odd number teams Gene, anything you want to talk about about starting your league? You were just commissioner recently, so it's pretty easy, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I I, I expected it to be a lot harder, and it was actually really easy because I'm really low maintenance. I didn't want to change anything, and, and it pretty much just ran by itself, pretty, you know, as you yeah, guys we, know. We we use the uh, Yahoo uh, website starter league. You know, there are other ones like ESPN, and even the NFL itself has their own website. Um, but we like Yahoo and honestly, if any other site wants to pay us, uh, we were not adverse to switching to another league, uh, website or platform, uh, if, um, and endorsing another platform other than Yahoo. Yeah. If any, any of you football sites want to pay us for anything at all, we're more than happy to take your money. And what I got to say about these, these even number leagues, you know, obviously most of these leagues out there, whether they're four, six, eight, 10, 12. Are, are even, which is not to say that if you guys have an odd number of leagues, meaning you have, you know, you and, and three friends, you and four friends can't buy a six person, you know, odd leagues work too. You just have to go rather than head to head, go by total number of points, which I always thought was the best way to compete just based on, um, you know, the, the nature of fantasy football, but that's something we'll get into in another day. I, I think for the odd team leagues, if, you guys want to pay one of us we'll definitely you know play in your league for a certain you know a nominal fee yeah and give you and uh, give some tips along the way you know i, I appreciate your guys efforts to try to monetize the podcast that's all very important we should probably move beyond four viewers for listeners though before we start monetizing just a thought anyway i'm just putting it out there okay so let's move on to scoring so scoring can be incredibly simple or very complicated. Uh, and so as Eugene knows from last season when he was commissioner, he just went for default Yahoo settings. So it just, for example, um, for every for every 10 yard, 10 receiving yards, you get one fantasy point. For 10 rushing yards, you get one fantasy point for every and so on. And there's all these different uh, scoring rules, but if you want to play with them and adjust them, you can. Now, there all there are many variants, and there's one variant I think is worth mentioning because you'll see the PPR variant coming up over and over again. So when you first search for, let's say, fancy football cheat seats, let's say for a PPR league and a non-PPR league, Lewis, would you like to tell us a little bit more about how PPR leagues work? Yeah, sure, I'd be happy to. You know, PPR stands for points per reception. Um, now the, the reason why P 
PPR was developed. This was developed when fantasy football started becoming popular in the late 90s when the um, the value of running backs uh, was ex- when when mo- when football back in the late 90s was more running back oriented. You know, I did a little research the NFL's leaders in scrimmage yards in the late 90s like in 98 Marshall Falk 2227 yards, Terrell Davis 200 225 yards, Jamal Anderson 2165, Garrison Hurst, guys you don't even recognize anymore. 20 2105 yards, Barry Sanders 1,780 yards. Those are the top five. In fact, the next 15 straight leaders in scrimmage yards were all running backs. And so there was, I think there's one receiver that was, um, that actually cracked the top 15. Um, I think the reason why PPR was developed was, was because fantasy football was so running back heavy and and people are just drafting running backs like crazy. They wanted to balance things out a little bit. Therefore, PPR was introduced so that receivers could get a little boost, even though they weren't um, the the major contributors to scrimmage yards. Um, they would still be balanced within a fantasy football team, your team. Um, so that's where the genesis of PPR points per reception arose. So what it is is if you have a reception – you get an extra point um, added to your fantasy score. Or some are half-point PPR, so you get another uh, half a point for a, uh, a reception. So that enhances the value of receptions and thereby receivers as well. You know, the, the NFL has changed since then. Um, you know, even back in 1990, 1998, the year I was referring to, there were only two 4,000-yard passers, Brett Favre and Steve Young at the time. Um, nowadays, in in um, in 2020, I think there were like 15 different some 4,000 yard passers. In fact, getting 4,000 yards is really just not that remarkable anymore. Um, so the nature of football and and the the um, the trend towards greater passing attack has actually made the purpose of the PPR less important. Um, and so, but that's, it's still a very, um, uh, it's still an ingrained part of fantasy leagues. So be, be aware of that, but also recognize that this variant, uh, w- what the genesis of this variant really was. That's all I have to comment about PPR. <laughs> Thanks for the long-winded, uh, listening to my long-winded uh, sermon. <laughs> no, that, that's actually definitely giving us a lot of history. So PPR is, is probably the most common variant that we will see. You know, for example, for this season, I am the commission, and we're going to make this a non-PPR league. The reason being, we just want to go with simple, something that that our viewers are more likely to start off with. So that when we talk about our season and we're going through our draft, we're gonna we're gonna go it as a non-PPR league, just for simplicity, just to sort of be on the same page as our beginning viewers. Um, but it will come up. So once your league is set up, you've made all your decisions, it's time to draft. Now, drafting comes in there's – there's a few important factors you have to know about the draft. First of all, there is the standard draft. The standard draft is where – and this is what we're going to do. We're all going to get together in my backyard, and we are going to draft players. The, the computer program randomly chooses the order, one through four. And what we do in, this, in, the, in the most common way is something called a serpentine draft. 
where let's say I'm randomized to four. I get the fourth pick in the first round. That means I get the first pick in the second round or the fifth overall pick. That's the name Serpentine Snake from winding back and forth. You could do it as a linear draft where the draft order is maintained. One, two, three, four. And then for the next round, the first person who drafted first in the first round would draft first in the second round and also the third round. But that is very unfair because then the person who by luck happens to get that first draft, the first round draft pick would maintain that advantage over and over again. So we tend to do serpentine. We do tend to do a standard draft. Now, one of the big things about draft is it's fun. It's exciting. We prepare for it. We're in it, in the room together. We're competing against each other. There's the players you want. They're snatched away at the last second. It's exciting. Having said that, I do know there are people. My friend at work told me today, you know, I just don't want to go through the trouble of drafting. There is something called an auto draft. And you can set up your league so that the computer will automatically draft. It will go in the order. The computer, and what the computer program does is when it's your turn to draft, we'll look at the available players and based on its ranking system, we'll give you the highest available player. So if you want it simple, go ahead and auto draft. But I really think one of the most exciting parts about drafting is of, of fantasy football is the draft. What do you think about that, Raj? So my feeling's always been, doesn't matter who you draft, that's not going to win or lose your league. It's what you do during the season that'll win or lose your league. I mean, I, I basically think that you can draft, you can auto draft, and you'll likely end up in the same position at the end of the season if you just manage to pick up players along the way. Because that's generally what happens the first few weeks. You'll they'll see the players who you never even gave a second thought to just kind of pop up like, oh, look, Josh Allen's actually doing great. I never even thought of, of drafting him as my quarterback, which is what I did last season. So honestly, if you're starting out in a starting a league and you just want to have things as simple as possible, you know, our little four-person league, auto-draft, just pay attention to the uh, the players during each consecutive week. And I, I, I almost think, I almost guarantee it's you're going to end up the same at the end of the season, depending on, on who you pick up along the way. So I've, I've, I'll, comment, yeah, I'll comment on that. Yes. I'll comment on what uh, Raj actually said. Um, this is, this, um, which is, I, I agree. Um, I was reviewing the picks in our, our first six rounds from, from last year, uh, which was basically 24 players, um, which is basically like two rounds of a standard 12 team league, you know, of the first rounders. Okay. Uh, of the, in the first of the first round. Okay. Uh, two became injured. The first of our four first round picks, two became injured by the end of the season. Um, including, uh, this year's presumptive number one pick, uh, um, Christian McCaffrey, um, Christian McCaffrey, and Saquon Barkley was also injured, and one was actually benched by um, by by I think Raj, who selected uh, Lamar Jackson in favor of Josh Allen, who was not even picked up during the entire draft last year. Uh, of the people in the first round, only Mahomes uh, started; it was still starting at the end. So I would I would I would agree with um, Raj. You know, in the second round, we can even go further. Ezekiel Elliott was benched by the end. He was picked up in the second round in our in our league, and Michael Thomas became injured and wasn't even playing at the end. Um, injuries actually felled a quarter of these twenty four players, six players, um, and guys with poor early starts like Chubb were picked up 
later by, you know, picked in the first six rounds were later dumped and picked up later by another team. I mean, speaking for myself, four of my first six players, McCaffrey, Thomas, um, uh, Mixon, and Julio Jones, they couldn't make it to the end or even the middle. And yet I finished with the best record in the league at 11 and five. My final quarterback, Justin Herbert, wasn't even picked up during the draft. I picked Dak Prescott, you know, um, and he was, of course, injured last year very early on. So I tend to agree with what Roger said. You follow um, because a small league allows many players to remain undrafted and aren't on someone else's squad. There's a lot of opportunity to pick up later on. Yeah, so like I said, in the interest of, of simplicity, do an auto draft for your first season or second season, and even something you know that makes it easier. Because in the end, it's all about the the individual weeks, not as much about the draft. Now, I agree with with Len, though. I mean, it is fun to have that uh, competitive spirit during the draft, but in the end, it's it's two hours of work for you know not that making not that much of a difference in your uh, in your league. There's a so I I I disagree. I think the draft is important. I think that if you there's no if you want to make if you want to keep it simple, you want to dial it down, then auto draft is a great option. Having said that, at some point you want to invest the time to learn about who these players are, to figure out who you want. And you're gonna be doing your research, you're gonna be getting in the mood, you're gonna be watching ESPN, reading your blogs, listening to your podcast, listening to podcasts like this one. And you're going to start to get excited. You're going to learn these players. And the draft is part. And the draft is exciting. And no, there's no doubt that the draft is not the end. You can draft a great team. At the end of draft day, we all feel like we have a great team. All, every team in small league fantasy football is going to be stacked. And you look awesome. But there's so many things that happen. Things that are unpredictable. And as we know from, uh, as we know, as is true with many things, past performance does not predict future performance. And all these projections are based on what was seen in the previous years. And there's no doubt you can't rest on it. If you have a great team, you can't stop there because winning your league is about knowing the players, making the right moves during the regular season. But I do think that the draft is the beginning, the beginning of when it all happens. And I, I think it's exciting and it's fun. So I have a way to start. Yes, 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 Gina. I have a comment. Yeah, you know, I always toy with the idea of the auto draft every year, just to try to prove a point. But actually, the drafting for me is exciting because I'm a fan of a couple teams, and I try to probably in ten years from now, I'm going to have like half Vikings and half Chargers on my roster. But the problem is when they play each other, then I'm going to be screwed. But um, but yeah, it's exciting because I try to pick up you know Dalvin Cook or definitely not Kirk Cousins for certain reasons that you guys all <laughs> probably know, but, but yeah, I want to, you know, I want to pick up players that, that from my favorite team so I could root for them, you know, during most of the season. And that, that part's exciting for me. Well, since we only have like about four listeners anyways, I don't think get offended and drop our, Wait. drop this podcast, but no one should pick get, up Kirk Cousins. The guy's going to get, the guy, the guy's going to get COVID in the middle of the year. <laughs> <laughs> we have four listeners. That's really good. I thought we, I thought we'd have like a fraction of that. Well, it's, it's just mean, us, isn't it? I'm yeah, one of them. It's just the four of us. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> huh. 
Okay, so we're I actually mean, on the uh... wait. You guys have all listened to the podcast, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> I actually haven't. So we have got three listeners. Oh I listened God. to it four times. <laughs> uh, talk speaking of draft. If you do want to go to the draft, the other nice thing is mock drafts are available where you can practice drafting on the various formats so you can get a feel for who, which, which, who, what you want to do and who you want to choose. So finished with draft. Now we sort of go on to who should we draft. And this is what we sort of alluded to this a little bit already. Um, we're all going to sort of pull out our cheat sheets, look at our programs, watching ESPN. So the question is who, who to start, who, who do you draft? And there's a lot of different approaches. And one of them is the different philosophies. One of them would be what position should be drafted first? And this is a very debated strategic point. So Brian Lewis, what position do you draft first? Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the standard leagues, just so everybody has an idea for those who are newbies and those veterans to large large formats, large league formats. You can bypass what I'm saying, but for the newbies, and I I assume there are a lot of newbies who will be listening. Uh, the four of you newbies will be listening. Um, the the standard roster consists of one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a flex, a tight end, a kicker and defense slash special teams, and then six reserves. That's a standard one. This this past year, because of COVID and everything, I think there's these injured reserve, you know, uh, roster spots and everything, but those are little variants. But the main thing is there are nine starters and six uh, backups. And again, uh, just remember the composition of the starters. Um, so, you know, there my feeling in terms of what position to draft first um, I think that's what uh, Ms., uh, Leonard Shadow uh, asked me to comment on. Um, I tend to, I think most of us tend to draft running backs first. Um, they tend to um, break down very quickly and you want to have a large stable of good running backs. Um, that is one strategy that a lot uh, that's similar in both um, large league and small leagues to start with running backs. Although in a small league, sometimes we've been going for quarterbacks early. Um, I think historically first round in our league has been dominated by quarterbacks. Yeah. And that's a little bit odd. Um, I've resisted that, but um, I don't know. We can talk about it at next, uh, our next podcast, what we actually did. And we can comment a little bit about that. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll sort of chime in on the quarterback controversy. What's interesting is if you look at scoring, quarterbacks are typically the highest scoring players in our league. And so maybe it makes sense to draft a quarterback first because they would produce the most points. However, one of the basic strategies of, of fantasy football draft is that you know, we're all competing. Four of us are competing for four players. And essentially, four of us are competing for four starting quarterbacks. So if the four starting quarterbacks, let's say, all produce almost the same number of points, then it doesn't matter really when you draft that, assuming someone doesn't go ahead and take two quarterbacks, which is something that has not happened in our league. And so you could employ the strategy of, well, there's one excellent tight end and he's far superior than the other tight ends. And so I want to grab him first because it doesn't matter 
when you grab the next four tight ends if they all are if they all are projected to score the same number of points. It doesn't matter if you draft your quarterback in the first round or the fifth round if you still get one of the top four quarterbacks because all the quarterbacks score the same amount of points. But if you can grab a highly elite running back or wide receiver that is head and shoulders standard deviations above the rest, then it's worthwhile. So I, that to me, I think that is a legitimate strategy. I think you have to think about the fact that you're competing with three other people for a limited pool and to see who's available. And that I think is an important determinant in how you draft. What do you think? Yeah, about I, that? Just don't think I just don't think, you know, when, yeah, the other three people are going to take another quarter. Like if you wait and draw your quarterback in the fifth round, somebody could draw two elite quarterbacks for the purpose of having a back and also purpose of screwing the other person over and saying, oh, I'm going to take this person. You can't have them too. But the, I mean, reason, but the reason why we don't do that is because we got to fill our roster, right? Because you still need to get two running well, backs. You still need to get two wide receivers. And by the time you get all of that, then, you know, are you thinking, you know, you're, you're thinking, well, but that's the whole think, thing. Right. That's a whole thing a small league that there are so many stars. And, and, and the 10 person league, yeah, that's the case because you're not going to get another pick for another, you know, 10 to 20 rounds. But in a small league like this, you can still have a lot of good receivers, running backs. So I, you know, I, I just, I always just advocate doing quarterback first. I mean, that's why I've always picked it always a quarterback as my first, first choice. I, I would, I would like to add on something, Roger. It's, uh, Raj said earlier about how you do something just to screw your uh, league league mates. This actually is something that you you tend to do more. You'll find if in a small league, which actually makes it more enjoyable than say a twelve team league, where you're so focused on your own performance that and and because you draft so infrequently, you can't wait, quote waste picks just to screw yeah exactly. for fun one of yeah. your league mates. And that's what actually what makes a small league more enjoyable. You can do these little gamesmanship things when you're not just looking for your, out for yourself, but you're looking out to screw the other person. Yeah, I think that's what happened a couple of years ago when Len picked Aaron Rodgers. Is that correct? I was I was I was thinking, yeah, because you well you yeah. I know you had always you like Aaron Rodgers and you will draft Aaron Rodgers when you can. And so the question is, was I doing it just to Aaron Rodgers from you? Like, <laughs> yeah. Did I really think he was the most valuable quarterback? Yeah. You know, I, I guess there's a hard thing with, with what you're saying, Len. The hard part is how do you know which one's going to be head and shoulders, you know, that one person? It's hard to know. Sometimes, I guess, during the season, you, all of a sudden you see this rookie that just, it, you know, just runs away with everything. It's like, wow. And then whoever, I think Rodgers that one year picked up, what's that guy with the three names on Kansas City? Was just racking oh, up the Clyde, yards. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. you get you get lucky. You know, you, if you know that, that's great. But it's hard to predict those things. You're, you're absolutely right. And uh, I'm just sort of going by projections and cheat sheets and what people are talking about. But you're right. When it comes down to it, it's it's very hard to predict. And I would like you know, to add one more thing, uh, uh, um, Leonard. Um, this is less about what position draft first, but about strategies. Uh, Cause I don't know if we're going to, I'd like to talk about this right now about strategies for, um, for veterans of large leagues. Um, there's some strategies that actually do not translate into small league formats. 
So for those four listeners who actually come from a large league background, the two obvious ones are handcuffing. To handcuff... <laughs> Um, well, what, hey, well, we, I thought we were talking about fantasy. We, we are talking about fantasy, right? Handcuffs? Why did BDSM come into this all of a sudden? Whips. Uh, the, there's handcuffing. There's whip. the whip strategy. The, um, the um, yeah. But handcuffing is um, basically the strategy as, as, as for those newbies, um, trying to grab the backup of a bell cow running back to cover a potential injury from that uh, prime running back so that if the prime running back becomes injured, his backup actually will get all the carries and probably score a, a large percentage of the points that, that the bell cow would have gotten. But in a small league, because there's so many running backs still running a, around that have not been drafted, handcuffing someone's backup is largely a wasted sort of pick during the draft. The other example of what a veteran of a large league should not try to translate into a small league a drafting is stacking. Uh, the concept of drafting a player on the same real NFL team whose performance may be positively correlated. I know Eugene G might disagree with this, but um, you know, drafting a quarterback and his number one wide receiver is a stacking because they should be positively correlated, the points. This leads to extreme volatility um, where there doesn't necessarily need to be, given the relatively high number of good wide receiver ones that you can pick up during the re regular draft. Um, so those are a couple of strategies that I believe don't work work as well in a small league that do work sometimes in a large league. Stacking is fun if you have a favorite team and uh, you, you happen to be able to get enough players on those teams just to make the game a little bit enjoyable. But it's it's a strategy that never made much sense to me, quite frankly. And I think it's just risky, too. It, it really is putting you know all your eggs in one basket. In, in, large leagues, it, it, in large leagues, it may make sense because you don't have as many opportunities to pick up you know, wide receiver ones. And if you want to go for it, go for broke, just go for it. It doesn't work as well as small leagues when you don't, there's so many other wide receiver ones that you can pick up. Plus when you stack, then you're sort of stuck in the bye weeks because then say you have three players on the same team and they're on the bye, you still got to start somebody and then you don't want to give them your other players because you probably presumably have top tier players. It's like, who do you give up or who do you get? Like if one quarterback, you have to give up somebody to get another backup quarterback because you already have two other people on a bye also. Right. Good point. Managing the bye week is definitely an important part of of putting your fantasy football team, putting your starting lamp together. So excellent. So since we talked a little about basic draft, it's always nice to think about looking for the future. One of the things that we don't know a lot about are the rookies. So I thought it'd be interesting for each of us to talk about one rookie that you want to draft, you're particularly excited about, and why. Eugene, is there a is there a rookie out there that you have your eyes on? I don't know. I think, um, you know, I love college football, so I do kind of follow them. And I I, I love fall yeah, this year with all the quarterback, rookie quarterbacks that could potentially start. It's, um, I keep hearing good things about um, uh, with Mac Jones. Sounds like he's probably going to be starting um, you know, relatively soon. 
And um, yeah, just from listening to sports radio, I haven't really watched him, but it sounds like he's very ready to start. Probably, uh, probably one of the quarterbacks I would think about. Great, Roger. Who you? Who do you? What do you think with the rookie class? Uh, can you get back to me? Yeah, I'm going to chime in next. You could read. Rogers to finish. We also wanted to finish with with Brian. He's the he's the most erudite <laughs> of all of us, as our four listeners can already tell. Uh, you know, obviously the quarterbacks. You know, Justin Fields, just because when I watched him play for Ohio State, is exciting to me. And but you know, when you said th- when you, when you're talking about the quarterback that was ready to play, I thought I thought you were going to say Trevor Lawrence because that's what I've been hearing. I think the last, I think I kind of watched a little bit of the last preseason game and he didn't do very well. So I think people are saying that maybe he's not quite ready. So, but, but you're, you're probably right. He's probably is the best bet. Well, Brian, I know is very big on Trevor Lawrence and we'll get to him. So, but I do well, think Brian just likes his hair. <laughs> but the other I, thing too, I, I mean, but the other I two wish players. I wish I had his hair. <laughs> yeah. we, don't we all? <laughs> And, and of course, the other two players that I'm excited about are the two players from, you know, the two Bama players, right? Devonta Smith and Najee Harris. I think those, uh, yeah. I think those are, one, are going to be excited too. So, Brian, what do you think? Are you are you going for Trevor Lawrence? Is he going to be one of your top top draft picks? No, I think if I was going to take a quarterback, a flyer, and a quarterback, I think I'd have to go with a running quarterback, uh, namely probably Justin Fields, not Trevor Lawrence. I think his the t- the the Jaguars just aren't very good. He's going to have a hard time uh, scoring points, and he's not really known as a runner. Justin Fields um, will be running. He'll be running for touchdowns. So if I were to go for a flyer for a quarterback among the rookies, I'd probably go with Justin Fields. He's almost certainly going to start over Andy Dalton by the first few weeks. So I don't know if I'd draft him right away. I might play a game of chicken with the rest of you guys <laughs> and see if any of you will draft him and then try to pick up on waivers before I think he's actually going to start. The person I'm actually most interested in is exactly what you said, one of the Bama players, Najee Harris. Um, I think that if you're going to go, um, uh, he, he's in a good situation. Um, I'd say Big Ben is in his last arm. I don't think that, I think he has some terrific receivers, but I think that him throwing 50 times a game, I don't think they're going to want to do that. I think they lost confidence. The Steelers lost confidence in James Conner last year. I think they're going to try to go uh, ride Najee Harris for a while. And uh, I, I actually expect Najee Harris to score, to run quite a bit, their bell cow running back. Um, and they're going to feed him the ball. Excellent. So, Roger, I'll tell you, we'll, we'll come back to you on the next uh, well, uh, episode, episode okay, so three. Here's, here's my take on it. So I'll let oh. you guys know. <laughs> oh, excellent. All right. Come on in. Uh, all, now, the, wow, now, this is a, now, all that clicking in the background I heard, that that's, wasn't that, – <laughs> what was that from? That's, yeah, you heard a little from, thing called Google? That's, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you how much I've been paying attention. That, that, was, that was Raj undoing the handcuff. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm in a hotel room. They couldn't well, pack so enough Gatorade. It is, it is his anniversary. Oh. <laughs> he couldn't I'll pack the Gatorade because his suitcase was full of other things, like handcuffs. Uh, yeah, I can. If I had video, I could show you guys. The the 
show you how much my how much I've been paying attention to fantasy this, this season compared to other seasons. I, I haven't even heard of these guys you're talking about, and and the only reason I know Trevor Lawrence is his uh his amazing resemblance to Ronnie Bass. I don't know if you guys have ever watched the Disney movie called uh, Remember the Titans, but Ronnie Bass was their long-haired quarterback from the the <laughs> from California who has a has a striking resemblance to Trevor Lawrence. Um, I, you know, I would pick him only because I don't know any of the other guys you're talking about. I would pick him because I'd want to get back to my quarterback. And you never know. Like some of these these unknown quarterbacks in the, the season may turn out to uh, actually be your, your bell cow point scorer during the season, kind of like Josh Allen did. You know, kind of like when I picked Patrick Mahomes a few years back before anybody knew him. He said, oh, look, this guy, Patrick Mahomes, weeks two, weeks three, he's doing great, but nobody's ever heard of him. Picked him up, and sure enough, he just uh, ran through and scored me a bunch of points. So Trevor Lawrence made it's it's a gamble, but you know that's part of the fun of fantasy. Like you, you take a gamble, you you know you live by the sword, die by the sword. So Trevor Lawrence with his long flowing Ronnie Bass hair, I would I would go with him. You mean Lance Bass? Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing I'd like to add what Roger said. Because it's a small league, you have opportunities to make um, um, certain um, certain idiotic choices like that, and you can still survive. That's all I can say about the decision to draft Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I, <laughs> hey, when he ends I, up I, as I the number one quarterback at the end of the season, I oh, you'll be eating your words. I picked <laughs> I picked Tua last season. I came in last. <laughs> Raj. <laughs> Well, Roger did. Well, Roger did have Josh Allen, the number one quarterback in the league. He yeah. did not pick him in the in, in during the draft. He did not, but he picked yeah. him up uh, later enough in the season to get a few points. But he didn't. But he didn't win the Super Bowl. Of course, who won the Super Bowl last year? Yours truly. Thank you. <laughs> I should end the podcast here, but we did want to talk about one final thing. We talked about this a little bit. Uh, parting shot, just. Final, final philosophies on the draft. Eugene, do you want to tell us about what you feel? Is it besides draft Vikings? Yeah, I, I, I think I want to try to pick more Vikings. But then what Roger had mentioned about the bye week thing, I'm just wondering, if my team scores a lot and I win a lot of games, then I could just throw away that one bye week. But I'm sure that won't happen. But, um, but yeah, I always look forward to the draft. It's and the main reason, you know, I play is because of you guys. It's if it wasn't you guys, I probably wouldn't play. Wow, what a heartfelt message! Well, that suck you know, eyes. <laughs> you know, I think, I think, I think, I think Eugene's comment actually just shows the truth of why small league fantasy football is enjoyable. It's because you get to play with your friends. And I don't mean it in a. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you for me, my basic strategy is I'm one of those people that prints out the sheets, gets the rankings and I have them all laid out and I'm just, I'm pretty much following the cheat sheets and I'm following these projections and I'm just popping up uh, and trying to put a team together trying to, to sneak in, you know, maybe a steal here and there, a quick rookie. But yeah, I'm pretty much a I'm pretty much by the books and and just using the information and putting it together on the fly. 
Roger, how do you draft? So I think in the first few seasons, it was always quarterback and running back wide receiver, running back wide receivers, back and forth <laughs> like that. And I'm thinking, you know, it doesn't really matter how you draft. I mean, at the end of the season, it's going to be who you pick up during during the season. So again, for me, it's like just have fun, take some chances, you know, draft like uh, draft Trevor Lawrence if that's who you feel like having, just like Eugene drafted Tua, you know, or draft. Tim Tebow, which I think is Eugene's first choice this year. You know, you never know. <laughs> Mid-season receiver replacement. And yeah, heck, what you, if you win your league because of him, then all the more fun. You know, in the end, it's all about having fun. I mean, a, a lot of people, including us, I think, take it seriously. But you know, don't take it too seriously either. You know, have fun with it. You, you're hanging out with your buddies doing stuff. And at the end, it's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be stressful. You know, it can be stressful sometimes, but it's just meant to be a fun pastime. Yeah, I mean, we ne- we never argue over rules once the season starts. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll close, um, which is um, first I'm going to keep my draft philosophy for this year close to the vest. But one thing I will say is that, and I've alluded to this earlier, is part of the enjoyment of drafting is actually in a small league is that it gives you the opportunity to try to anticipate what your league mates may do. And it's just so much more fun when you can sort of screw them when you know they just wanted to pick that player and you just (laughs) were able to scoop it up right before. And that's part of my personal philosophy in a small league. Now, I don't do that for the large leagues that I'm in. It's fun to screw your friends. Well, there you go. Well, listen, that finishes the second episode the second episode of the small league fantasy football podcast thank you for listening and uh brian can you can you give us a preview of of next week okay so that this wraps it up for this episode of the uh, small league fantasy football podcast again tune in next week and until then remember that smaller is better better. (laughs) all right good luck in your draft everyone Welcome back to the Small League Fantasy Football Podcast. This is episode two, titled Genesis 1 1. Our co producer, Brian Lewis, has, has, uh, t- has named this, this current episode Genesis because we really talk about the beginning, about how we started, and also how you can start your small league fantasy football. Uh, the thing, one of the themes I want to talk about, and you'll be hearing this over and over again, is that fantasy football can be as simple and easy as you want to be, or as complex and time consuming as you want it to be. So if you get into it, as you get more involved, you want to spend more and more time researching, playing, and that's great. But for if you're just getting started, we don't want this to be a barrier. We want to show you how you can easily jump in and start doing fantasy football and learn along the way without a huge time investment and a lot of stress. So the first thing we're going to talk oh, you might as well introduce ourselves. So who else is online today besides Brian Brian Lewis? Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Brian Lewis. Um, I was last week's host, but now um, I just provide commentary this week. Roger, Eugene. Hey, hey everyone, it's Raj. I was here last week. I, I joined late, as, as you probably already heard. And quick comment on our, our title, you know, Genesis 1-1. Great title, has maybe some religious overtones. So those of you not into that, all I can say is uh, Genesis, the uh, premier rock band of the, uh, the 80s. We're going to do a lot of these. I'm going to do a lot of 80s references. 
uh, during the podcast. And so you guys not in religion, Genesis rocks. Thank you for that. Yeah, that was good. Eugene, Eugene, also known as the yeah. genie of the group. Okay, I, my name is Eugene. I will go by Genie. <laughs> and to follow along with the Genesis, I love cars. So Genesis is a Korean car that is a up-and-coming brand. And I hope everyone gives it a chance when they look for their next car. Just to <laughs> give him a little introduction. So, so one thing about Genesis one thing about Genie Genesis is that he actually is a little of the contrarian. And I think it's nice to have someone who can come out and give a different opinion, give an opposing opinion, disagree. And I know that he felt he was going to come in and be that guy, the one who kind of rocks the boat a little bit. So Genie, we're expecting a lot from you. Let's okay. get into. Yeah, Genie definitely loves to come out. So uh, we'll be going a little bit later too. <laughs> All right. So how does fantasy football work? Fantasy football is, in essence, very simple. You we, we pick players. We get points based on their performance every week. And I have my team with my players, total number of points. I go against Roger. He has a set of points, and the winner wins the game. And that's essentially it. We most fantasy formats are head-to-head -head where you play against another member, another owner. And then at the very end of the season, you have a record. The two teams with the best record face off in the Super Bowl, and the winner of the Super Bowl wins the championship. Anything you want to add to that, Roger? Hey, well, that's a great summary of fantasy football. Uh, all I can say is if those of you guys listening still haven't figured out how fantasy football works, you may be better off watching The Great British Bacon Show. <laughs> okay so another question is how do you start your league and it's actually incredibly simple i just a couple days ago just just typed in i googled how to start your fantasy football league and it literally took me to two sites espn and yahoo and you just start clicking away you enter in a little bit of information like your email and it just starts out how many teams in your league and it's interesting. It actually starts out with four, six, eight, 10, 12, and so on going up higher. So it does recognize a four, a four team league as the smallest of the fantasy football leagues. And I know Brian wants to. Would you like to interject our logo one more time about the smallest fantasy football league? Well, small is better. Small is better. Absolutely. Um, what's also That's not interesting what my wife says. <laughs> what's also interesting about this is it's actually always even numbers and that's the, re and the reason is because most fancy leagues are head-to-head -head. so fancy football the, at least the sites we've been looking at haven't worked out leagues with odd numbers of teams and bye weeks which are obviously positive so it it's possible but you pretty much have to stay on with the odd number teams gene anything you want to talk about about starting your league you were just commissioner recently so it's pretty easy right yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I I expected it to be a lot harder, and it was actually really easy because I'm really low maintenance. I didn't want to change anything, and, and it pretty much just ran by itself, pretty, you know, as you yeah, guys we, know. We we use the uh, Yahoo uh, website, Starter League. You know, there are other ones like ESPN, and even the NFL itself has their own website. Um, but we like Yahoo, and... Honestly, if any other site wants to pay us, uh, we we're not adverse to switching to another league uh, website or platform. 
if um, and endorsing another platform other than Yahoo. Yeah, if any any of you football sites want to pay us for anything at all, we're more than happy to take your money. And what I got to say about these these even number leagues, you know, obviously most of these leagues out there, whether they're four, six, eight, ten, twelve, are are even. Which is not to say that if you guys have an odd number of leagues, meaning you have you know you and, and three friends, you and four friends, can't buy a six person. You know, odd leagues work too. You just have to go rather than head to head, go by total number of points, which I always thought was the best way to compete, just based on um, you know. The, the nature of families put a ball, but that's something we'll get into in another day. I, I think for the odd team leagues, if you guys want to pay one of us, we'll definitely, you know, play in your league for a certain, you know, a nominal fee. Yeah, and give you and uh, give some tips along the way. You know, I, I appreciate your guys' efforts to try to monetize the podcast. That's all very important. We should probably move beyond four. <laughs> viewers for listeners though before we start monetizing just a thought anyway i'm just putting <laughs> out there okay so let's move on to scoring so scoring can be incredibly simple or very complicated uh, and so as eugene knows from last season when he was commissioner he just went for default yahoo settings so it just for example um for every for every 10 yard 10 receiving yards you get one fantasy point for 10 rushing yards, you get one fantasy point for every, and so on. And there's all these different uh, scoring rules. But if you want to play with them and adjust them, you can. Now, there, all, there are many variants. And there's one variant I think is worth mentioning because you'll see the PPR variant coming up over and over again. So when you first search for, let's say, fantasy football cheat seats, let's say for a PPR league and a non-PPR league. Lewis, would you like to tell us a little bit more about how PPR leagues work? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. You know, PPR stands for points per reception. Um, now, the, the reason why PPR was developed, this was developed when fantasy football started becoming popular in the late 90s, when the, um, the value of running backs uh, was ex- when, when, mo- when football back in the late 90s was more running back oriented. You know, I did a little research. The NFL's leaders in scrimmage yards in the late 90s, like in 98, Marshall Falk, 2,227 yards. Terrell Davis, 225 yards. Jamal Anderson, 2,165. Garrison Hurst, guys you don't even recognize anymore, 2,105 yards. Barry Sanders, 1,780 yards. Those are the top five. In fact, the next 15 straight leaders in scrimmage yards were all running backs and so there was i think there's one receiver that was um that actually cracked the top 15. um i think the reason why ppr was developed was was because fantasy football was so running back heavy and, and people were just drafting running backs like crazy they wanted to balance things out a little bit therefore ppr was introduced so that receivers could get a little boost even though they weren't um, the the major contributors to scrimmage yards, um, they would still be balanced within a fantasy football team, your team. Um, so that's where the genesis of PPR points per reception arose. So what it is, is if you have a reception, you get an extra point um, added to your fantasy score. 
or some are half point PPR. So you get another uh, half a point for a, uh, a reception. So that enhances the value of receptions and thereby receivers as well. You know, the, the NFL has changed since then. Um, you know, even back in 1990, the, 1998, the year I was referring to, there were only two 4,000-yard passers, Brett Favre and Steve Young at the time. Um, nowadays, in, in, um, in 2020, I think there were like 15 different, some 4,000-yard passers. In fact, getting 4,000 yards is really just not that remarkable anymore. Um, so the nature of football and in, in the, the, um, the trend towards greater passing attack has actually made the purpose of the PPR less important. Um, and so, but that's, it's still a very, um, uh, it's still an ingrained part of fantasy leagues. So be, be aware of that, but also recognize that this variant, uh, what the genesis of this variant really was. That's all I have to comment about PPR. <laughs> Thanks for the long-winded, uh, listening to my long-winded, uh, sermon. <laughs> No, that, that's actually definitely giving us a lot of history. So PPR is, is probably the most common variant that we will see. You know, for example, for this season, I am the commission, and we're going to make this a non-PPR league. The reason being, we just want to go with simple, something that, that our viewers are more likely to start off with so that when we talk about our season and we're going through our draft, we're gonna we're gonna go it as a non-PPR league just for simplicity, just to sort of be on the same page as our beginning viewers. Um, but it will come up. So once your league is set up, you've made all your decisions. It's time to draft. Now drafting comes in. There's a, there's a few important factors you have to know about the draft. First of all, there is the standard draft. The standard draft is where and this is what we're gonna do. We're all gonna get together in my backyard, and we are going to draft players. The, the computer program randomly chooses the order, one through four. And what we do in, this, in, the, in the most common way is something called a serpentine draft, where let's say I'm randomized to four. I get the fourth pick in the first round. That means I get the first pick in the second round or the fifth overall pick. Thus, the name serpentine snake from winding back and forth. You could do it as a linear draft where the draft order is maintained, one, two, three, four, and then for the next round, the first person who drafted first in the first round would draft first in the second round and also the third round. But that is very unfair because then the person who by luck happens to get that first draft, the first round draft pick would maintain that advantage over and over again. So we tend to do serpentine. We do tend to do a standard draft. Now, one of the big things about draft is it's fun it's exciting we prepare for it we're in it in the room together we're competing against each other there's the players you want they're snatched away at the last second it's exciting having said that i do know there are people my friend at work told me today you know i just don't want to go through the trouble of drafting there is something called an auto draft and you can set up your league so that the computer will automatically draft it will go in the order the computer and what the computer program does is when it's your turn to draft, we'll look at the available players and based on its ranking system, we'll give you the highest available player. So if you want it simple, go ahead and auto draft. But I really think one of the most exciting parts about drafting is of fantasy football is the draft. What do you think about that, Raj? 
So my feelings always been, doesn't matter who you draft, that's not going to win or lose your league. It's what you do during the season that'll win or lose your league. I mean, I, I basically think that you can draft, you can auto draft, and you'll likely end up in the same position at the end of the season if you just manage to pick up players along the way. Because that's generally what happens the first few weeks. You'll they'll see the players who you never even gave a second thought to just kind of pop up like, oh, look, Josh Allen's actually doing great. I never even thought of, of drafting him as my quarterback, which is what I did last season. So honestly, if you're starting out in a starting a league and you just want to have things as simple as possible, you know, our little four-person league, auto-draft, just pay attention to the uh, the players during each consecutive week. And I, I, I almost think, I almost guarantee it's you're going to end up the same at the end of the season, depending on on who you pick up along the way. So I, I, I'll comment. Yeah, I'll comment on that. Yes, I'll comment on what uh, Raj actually said. Um, this is this, um, which is I, I agree. Um, I was reviewing the picks in our our first six rounds from from last year, uh, which was basically twenty four players, um, which is basically like two rounds of a standard twelve team league. You know, of the first rounders, okay, uh, of the in the first. Of the first round, okay, uh, two became injured. The first of our four first round picks, two became injured by the end of the season, um, including uh, this year's presumptive number one pick, uh, um, Christian um, McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley was also injured, and one was actually benched by um, by by I think Raj, who selected uh, Lamar Jackson in favor of Josh Allen, who was not even picked up during the entire draft last year uh, of the people in the first round, only Mahomes uh, started. It was still starting at the end. So I would, I would, I would agree with um, Raj, you know, in the second round, we can even go further. Ezekiel Elliott was benched by the end. He was picked up in the second round in our, in our league and Michael Thomas became injured and wasn't even playing at the end. Um, injuries actually felled a quarter of these 24 players, six players, um, and guys with poor early starts like Chubb were picked up uh, later by, you know, picked in the first six rounds were later dumped and picked up later by another team. I mean, speaking for myself, four of my first six players, McCaffrey, Thomas, um, uh, Mixon, and Julio Jones, they couldn't make it to the end or even the middle. And yet I finished with the best record in the league at 11-5. and five. My final quarterback, Justin Herbert, wasn't even picked up during the draft. I picked Dak Prescott, you know, um, and he was, of course, injured last year very early on. So I tend to agree with what Roger said. You follow um, because a small league allows many players to remain undrafted and aren't on someone else's squad. There's a lot of opportunity to pick up later on. Yeah, so like I said, in the interest of, of simplicity do an auto draft for your first season or second season and even something you know that makes it easier because in the end it's all about the the individual weeks not as much about the draft now, i agree with, with len though i mean it is fun to have that uh, competitive spirit during the draft but in the end it's it's two hours of work for you know not that making not that much of a difference in your uh, in your league there's a so i i I disagree. I think the draft is important. I think that if you there's no if you want to make if you want to keep it simple, you want to dial it down, then auto draft is a great option. Having said that, at some point you want to invest the time to learn about who these players are, to figure out 
who you want. And you're going to be doing your research. You're going to be getting in the mood. You're going to be watching ESPN, reading your blogs, listening to your podcast, listening to podcasts like this one. And you're going to start to get excited. You're going to learn these players. And the draft is part. And the draft is exciting. And no, there's no doubt that the draft is not the end. You can draft a great team. At the end of draft day, we all feel like we have a great team. All. Every team in small league fantasy football is going to be stacked, and you look awesome. But there's so many things that happen, things that are unpredictable. And as we know from uh, – as we know, as is true with many things, past performance does not predict future performance. And all of these projections are based on what was seen in the previous years. And there's no doubt you can't rest on – if you have a great team, you can't stop there because – Winning your league is about knowing the players, making the right moves during the regular season. But I do think that the draft is the beginning, the beginning of when it all happens. And I, I think it's exciting and it's fun. So I have a way a to start. Yes, 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 Gina. I have a comment. Yeah. You know, I always toy with the idea of the auto draft every year just to try to prove a point. But actually, the drafting for me is exciting because. I'm a fan of a couple teams and I try to probably in 10 years from now, I'm going to have like half Vikings and half chargers on my roster. But the problem is when they play each other, then I'm going to be screwed. But, um, but yeah, it's exciting. Cause I try to pick up, you know, Dalvin cook or definitely not Kirk cousins for certain reasons that you guys all <laughs> probably know, but, but yeah, I want to, you know, I want to pick up players that, that from my favorite team so I could root for them, you know, during most of the season. And that, that part's exciting for me. Well, since we only have like about four listeners anyways, no one can get offended and drop our <laughs> drop this podcast. But no one should pick up Kirk Cousins. How do we get the, guy's gonna get, the, guy, the guy's gonna get COVID in the middle of the year. <laughs> we have four listeners? That's really good. I thought we I thought we'd have like a fraction of that. Well, it's, it's just I mean, us, isn't it? I'm yeah, one of them. It's just the four of us. That's what I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, Okay, so we're I actually on the... Uh... Wait, you guys have all listened to the podcast, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs> I actually haven't, so we have got three listeners. Oh I listened God. to it four times. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, talk speaking of draft. If you do want to go to the draft, the other nice thing is mock drafts are available where you can practice drafting on the various formats so you can get a feel for who, which, who, what you want to do and who you want to choose. So, finished with draft. Now we sort of go on to who should we draft. And this is what we sort of alluded to this a little bit already. Um, we're all going to sort of pull out our cheat sheets, look at our programs, watching ESPN. So the question is, who who to start? Who who do you draft? And there's a lot of different approaches. And one of them is the different philosophies. One of them would be what position should be drafted first. And this is a very debated strategic point. So, Brian Lewis, what position do you draft first? Well, let's let's talk a little bit about the standard leagues, just so everybody has an idea for those who are newbies and those veterans to large large formats, large league formats. You can bypass what I'm saying, but for the newbies, and I, I assume there are a lot of newbies who will be listening, uh, the four of you newbies will be listening. Um, the, the standard roster consists of one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, a flex, a tight end, a kicker, 
and defense slash special teams, and then six reserves. That's a standard one. This this past year, because of COVID and everything, I think there's these injured reserve, you know, uh, roster spots and everything. But those are little variants. But the main thing is there are nine starters and six uh, backups. And again, uh, just remember the composition of the starters. Um, so, you know, there. My feeling in terms of what position to draft first. Um, I think that's what uh, Ms. Uh, Leonard Shadow uh, asked me to comment on. Um, I tend to, I think most of us tend to draft running backs first. Um, they tend to um, break down very quickly and you want to have a large stable of good running backs. Um, that is one strategy that a lot uh, that's similar in both um, large league and small leagues to start with running backs. Although, in a small league, sometimes we've been going for quarterbacks early. Um, I think historically, first round in our league has been dominated by quarterbacks. Yeah, and that's a little bit odd. Um, I've resisted that, but um, I don't know. We can talk about it at next uh, our next podcast, what we actually did. And we can comment a little bit about that. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll try to chime in on the quarterback controversy. What's interesting is if you look at scoring, quarterbacks are typically the highest scoring players in our league. And so maybe it makes sense to draft a quarterback first because they would produce the most points. However, one of the basic strategies of, of fantasy football draft is that you know, we're all competing. Four of us are competing for four players. And essentially, four of us are competing for four starting quarterbacks. So if the four starting quarterbacks, let's say, all produce almost the same number of points, then it doesn't matter really when you draft that, assuming someone doesn't go ahead and take two quarterbacks, which is something that has not happened in our league. And so you could employ the strategy of, well, there's one excellent tight end and he's far superior than the other tight ends. And so I want to grab him first because it doesn't matter when you grab the next four tight ends, if they all are if they all are projected to score the same number of points. It doesn't matter if you draft your quarterback in the first round or the fifth round, if you still get one of the top four quarterbacks, because all the quarterbacks score the same amount of points. But if you can grab, a highly elite running back or wide receiver that is head and shoulders standard deviations above the rest, then it's worthwhile. So I, that to me, I think that is a legitimate strategy. I think you have to think about the fact that you're competing with three other people for a limited pool and to see who's available. And that I think is an important determinant in how you draft. What do you think? Yeah, about I, that? Just don't think I just don't think, you know, when, yeah, the other three people are going to take another quarter. Like if you wait and draw your quarterback in the fifth round, somebody could draw two elite quarterbacks for the purpose of having a back and also purpose of screwing the other person over and saying, oh, I'm going to take this person. You can't have them too. But the, reason, but the reason why we don't do that is because we got to fill our roster, right? Because you still need to get two running well, backs. You still need do. to get two wide receivers. And by the time you get all of that, then, you know, are you thinking, you know, you're, you're thinking, well, but that's the whole thing. Right. That's a whole thing about a small league that there are so many starters. And, and, and the 10 person league, yeah, that's the case because you're not going to get another pick for another, you know, 10 to 20 rounds. But in a small league like this, you can still have a lot of 
good receivers, running back. So I, you know, I, I just, I always just advocate doing quarterback first. I mean, that's why I've always picked it always a quarterback as my first, first choice. I, I would, I would like to add on something Roger, uh, Raj said earlier about how you do something just to screw your uh, league, league mates. This actually is something that you, you tend to do more. You'll find if in a small league, which actually makes it more enjoyable than say a 12 team league where you're so focused on your own performance that, and, and because you draft so infrequently, you can't wait, quote, waste picks just to screw yeah, for exactly. fun one of yeah. your league mates. And that's what actually what makes a small league more enjoyable. You can do these little gamesmanship things when you're not just looking for your, out for yourself, but you're looking out to screw the other person. Yeah, I think that's what happened a couple of years ago when Len picked Aaron Rodgers. Is that correct? I was, I was, I was thinking, yeah, because you, well, you, yeah. I know you had always, you like Aaron Rodgers, and you will draft Aaron Rodgers when you can. And so the question is, was I doing it just to Aaron Rodgers from you? <laughs> did I really think he was the most valuable quarterback? Yeah, you know, I, but, I guess there's a hard like, thing with. With what you're saying, Len, the hard part is how do you know which one's going to be head and shoulders, you know, that one person? It's hard to know. Sometimes, I guess, during the season, you, all of a sudden you see this rookie that just, it, you know, just runs away with everything. It's like, wow. And then whoever, I think Roger that one year picked up, what's that guy with the three names on Kansas City? It was just racking oh, up the Clyde, yards. Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. You, get, you get lucky, you know, you, if you know that, that's great. But it's hard to predict those things. You're absolutely right, and uh, I'm just sort of going by projections and cheat sheets and what people are talking about. But you're right; when it comes down to it, it's it's very hard to predict. And, I would like you know. to add one more thing, uh, uh, um, Leonard. Um, this is less about what position draft first, but about strategies, because uh, I don't know if we're going to. I'd like to talk about this right now about strategies for um, for veterans of large leagues. Um, there's some strategies that actually do not translate into small league formats. So for those four listeners who actually come from a large league background, the two obvious ones are handcuffing. To handcuff... Hey, I thought we were talking about fantasy. We are talking about fantasy, right? Handcuff? Why did BDSM come into this all of a sudden? Whips. Whips. There's handcuffing. There's whip. The whip strategy. The um, <laughs> the um, yeah. But handcuffing is um, basically the strategy as 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 for those newbies um, trying to grab the backup of a bell cow running back to cover a potential injury from that uh, prime running back, so that if the prime running back becomes injured, his backup actually will get all the carries and probably score a large percentage of the points that that the bell cow would have gotten. But in a small league, because there's so many running backs still running around that have not been drafted, handcuffing someone's backup is largely a wasted sort of pick during the draft. The other example of what a veteran of a large league should not try to translate into a small league drafting is stacking. Uh, The concept of drafting a player on the same real NFL team whose performance may be positively correlated. I know Eugene might disagree with this, but, um, you know, drafting a quarterback and his number one wide receiver 
is a stacking because they should be positively correlated, the points. This leads to extreme volatility um, where there doesn't necessarily need to be given the relatively high number of good wide receiver ones that you can pick up during the re regular draft. Um, so those are a couple of strategies that I believe don't work, work as well in a small league that do work sometimes in a large league. Stacking is fun if you have a favorite team and uh, you, you happen to be able to get enough players on those teams just to make the game a little bit enjoyable. But it's, it's a strategy that never made much sense to me, quite frankly. And I think it's just risky, too. It, it really is putting you know all your eggs in one basket. In, in, large leagues, it, it, in large leagues, it may make sense because you don't have as many opportunities to pick up you know, wide receiver ones. And if you want to go for it, go for broke. Just go for it. It doesn't work as well as small leagues when you don't. There's so many other wide receiver ones that you can pick up. Plus, when you stack, then you're sort of stuck in the bye weeks because then, say, you have three players on the same team and they're on the bye, you still got to start somebody, and then you don't want to give them your other players because you probably presumably have top tier players. It's like, who do you give up, or who do you get? Like, if one quarterback, you have to give up somebody to get another backup quarterback because you already have two other people on a bye also. Right. Good point. Managing the bye week is definitely an important part of of putting your fantasy football team, putting your starting lamp together. So excellent. So since we talked a little about basic draft, it's always nice to think about looking for the future. One of the things that we don't know a lot about are the rookies. So I thought it'd be interesting for each of us to talk about one rookie that you want to draft, you're particularly excited about, and why. Eugene, is there a is there a rookie out there that you have your eyes on? I don't know. I think, um, you know, I love college football, so I do kind of follow them. And I, I, I love fall yeah, this year with all the quarterback, rookie quarterbacks that could potentially start. It's, uh, I keep hearing good things about, um, uh, with Mac Jones, sounds like he's probably going to be starting, um, you know, relatively soon. And um, yeah, just from listening to sports radio, I haven't really watched him, but it sounds like he's very ready to start. Probably, uh, probably one of the quarterbacks I would think about. Great, Roger. Who you? Who do you? What do you think with the rookie class? Uh, can you get back to me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to chime in next. You could have read. We, we always wanted to finish with with Brian. He's the he's the most erudite <laughs> of all of us, as our four listeners can already tell. Uh, you know, obviously the quarterbacks. You know, Justin Fields, just because when I watched him play for Ohio State, is exciting to me. And but you know, when you said when you, when you were talking about the quarterback that was ready to play, I thought. I thought you were going to say Trevor Lawrence because that's what I've been hearing. I think, I think the last, I think I kind of watched a little bit of the last preseason game. And he didn't do very well. So I think people are saying that maybe he's not quite ready. So, but, but you're, you're probably right. He's probably is the best bet. Well, Brian, I know is very big on Trevor Lawrence and we'll get to him. So, but I do well, think Brian just like his hair. <laughs> But the other I, thing too, I, I mean, but the other I two wish players... I had his hair. Yeah. <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> And, and of course, the other two players that I'm excited about are the two players from, you know, the two Bama players, right? Devonta Smith and Najee Harris. I think those, uh, 
yeah. I think those are one are going to be excited too. So Brian, what do you think? Are you are you going for Trevor Lawrence? Is he going to be one of your top top draft picks? No, I think if I was going to take a quarterback, a flyer and a quarterback, I think I'd have to go with a running quarterback, uh, namely probably Justin Fields, not Trevor Lawrence. I think his the team the the Jaguars just aren't very good. He's going to have a hard time uh, scoring points. And he's not really known as a runner. Justin Fields um, will be running. He'll be running for touchdowns. So if I were to go for a flyer for a quarterback among the rookies, I'd probably go with Justin Fields. He's almost certainly going to start over Andy Dalton by the first few weeks. So I don't know if I'd draft him right away. I might play a game of chicken with the rest of you guys (laughs) and see if any of you will draft him and then try to pick up on waivers before I think he's actually going to start. The person I'm actually most interested in is exactly what you said. One of the Bama players, Najee Harris. Um, I think that if you're going to go, um, uh, he, he's in a good situation. Um, I'd say Big Ben is in his last arm. I don't think that, I think he has some terrific receivers, but I think that him throwing 50 times a game, I don't think they're going to want to do that. I think they lost confidence. The Steelers lost confidence in James Conner last year. I think they're going to try to go uh, ride Najee Harris for a while. And uh, I I actually expect Najee Harris to score, to run quite a bit, their bell cow running back. Um, and they're going to feed him the ball. Excellent. So, Roger, I'll tell you, we'll, we'll come back to you on the next uh, well, uh, episode, episode okay, so three. Here's, here's my take on it. So I'll let oh. you guys know. Oh, excellent. All right, come on in. Uh, all, now, the, wow, now this man. Is a, now, all that clicking in the background I heard, that that's, wasn't that, – what was that from? That's, yeah, you heard a little thing called Google? That's, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you how much I've been paying attention. That, that, was, that was Raj undoing the handcuff. Uh, yeah, I'm in a hotel room. They couldn't well, pack enough so, Gatorade. It is, it is his anniversary. Oh. He couldn't I'll pack the Gatorade because his suitcase was full of other things like handcuffs. Uh, yeah, I can. If I had video, I could show you guys the the. Uh, I'll show you how much my how much I've been paying attention to fantasy this, this season compared to other seasons. I, I haven't even heard of these guys you're talking about, and and the only reason I know Trevor Lawrence is his uh his amazing resemblance to Ronnie Bass. I don't know if you guys have ever watched the Disney movie called uh, Remember the Titans, but Ronnie Bass was their long haired quarterback from the the <laughs> from California who has a has a striking resemblance to Trevor Lawrence. Um, I, you know, I would pick him only because I don't know any of the other guys you talk about. I would pick him because I'd want to get back to my quarterback. And you never know. Like some of these these unknown quarterbacks in the end of the season may turn out to uh, actually be your, your bell cow point scorer during the season, kind of like Josh Allen did. You know, kind of like when I picked your Patrick Mahomes a few years back before anybody knew him. I said, oh, look, this guy, Patrick Mahomes, weeks two, weeks three, he's doing great, but nobody's ever heard of him. Picked him up, and sure enough, he just uh, ran through and scored me a bunch of points. So Trevor Lawrence made it's it's a gamble, but you know that's part of the fun of fantasy. Like you, you take a gamble, you you know you live by the sword, die by the sword. So Trevor Lawrence with his long flowing Ronnie Bass hair, I would I would go with him. You mean Lance Bass? Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I think one thing I'd like to add what Roger said. Because it's a small league, you have opportunities to make um, um, certain um, certain idiotic choices like that, and you can still survive. 
that's all I can say about the decision to draft Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I, <laughs> hey, when he ends I, up I, as I the number one quarterback at the end of the season, I oh, you'll be in your words. I picked <laughs> I picked Tua last season. I came in last. <laughs> Raj. <laughs> well, Roger did. Well, Roger did have Josh Allen, the number one quarterback in the league. He yeah. did not pick him in the in, in during the draft. He did not, but he picked yeah. him up uh, later enough in the season to get a few points. But he didn't. But he didn't win the Super Bowl. Of course, who won the Super Bowl last year? Yours truly. Thank you. <laughs> I should end the podcast here, but we did want to talk about one final thing. We talked about this a little bit. Uh, parting shot, just final, final philosophies on the draft. Eugene, do you want to tell us about what you feel? Is it besides draft Vikings? Yeah, I, I, I think I want to try to pick more Vikings, but then what Roger had mentioned about the bye week thing, I'm just wondering if my team scores a lot and I win a lot of games, then I could just throw away that one by week, but I'm sure that won't happen. But, um, but yeah, I always look forward to the draft. It's, and the main reason, you know, I play is because of you guys. It's if it wasn't you guys, I probably wouldn't play. Wow. What a heartfelt message. Well, that, Suck that ass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think, I think, I think, I think Eugene's comment actually, just shows the truth of why small league fantasy football is enjoyable. It's because you get to play with your friends. And I don't mean it in a. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you for me, my basic strategy is I'm one of those people that prints out the sheets, gets the rankings and I have them all laid out and I'm just, I'm pretty much following the cheat sheets and I'm following these projections and I'm just popping up uh, and trying to put a team together, trying to, to sneak in, you know, maybe a steal here and there, a quick rookie, but yeah, I'm pretty much a, I'm pretty much by the books and, and just using the information and putting it together on the fly. Roger, how do you draft? So, I think in the first few seasons, it was always quarterback and running back, wide receiver, running back, wide receivers, back and forth like that. And I'm thinking, you know, it doesn't really matter how you draft. I mean, at the end of the season, it's going to be who you pick up during during the season. So, again, for me, it's like, just have fun. Take some chances, you know. Draft like draft Trevor Lawrence, if that's who you feel like having, just like Eugene drafted Tua, you know, or draft Tim Tebow, which I think is Eugene's first choice this year, you know. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Mid-season receiver replacement and Heck, what if you win your league because of him? Then all the more fun, you know. In the end, it's all about having fun. I mean, a, a lot of people, including us, I think, take it seriously, but you know, don't take it too seriously either. You know, have fun with it. You, you're hanging out with your buddies, doing stuff, and at the end, it's supposed to be fun. It's not supposed to be stressful. You know, it can be stressful sometimes, but it's just meant to be a fun pastime. Yeah, I mean, we ne- we never argue over rules once the season <laughs> starts. <laughs> 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 I'll, I'll i'll close um which is um first i'm going to keep my draft philosophy for this year close to the vest but one thing i will say is that and i've alluded to this earlier is part of the enjoyment of drafting is actually in a small league is that it gives you the opportunity to try to anticipate what your league mates may do and it's just so much more fun 
when you can sort of screw them when you know they just wanted to pick that player and you just <laughs> were able to scoop it up right before. And that's part of my personal philosophy in a small league. Now, I don't do that for the large leagues that I'm in. It's fun to screw your friends. Well, there you go. Well, listen, that finishes the second episode, the second episode of the small league fantasy football podcast. Thank you for listening. And uh, Brian, can you, give, can you give us a preview of, of next week? Okay. So that this wraps it up for this episode of the uh, small league fantasy football podcast. Again, tune in next week. And until then, remember that smaller small is better. Is better. <laughs> All right. Good luck in your draft, everyone.